not long ago, a buddy of mine, we were talking about it. And he goes, bro, who gives, who gives a shit if people call you Superman? It could be worse. And I'm like, well, I never played Superman. He goes, fuck you. At least they're not calling you Robin. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, yeah, you know. That's a good, you know, or asshole or yeah. nobody. Yeah. At least they're calling you something. They're calling you something. We don't want to wait. Yay. I just hit my microphone. All right. Oh. <laughs> I'm Robin. I'm Stephanie. We have to talk about my, uh, me meeting Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, my gosh. All right. So set us up. You went to Dragon Con. I went to Dragon Con. I had my yummy sushi pajamas on. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was just like, all right, this seems like a good time. So I went around the Walk of Fame, which is a, a big, you know, just a big conference room, and they're all set up. And, mm-hmm. and some people aren't there; at, they're there at different times because you know, depending on their panels and and everything. He was there, so I hopped in line. I paid forty bucks, which is steep to me to get my picture made. With only like only forty. Like, well, but it's not one of those photo. Uh, ops things that they do oh you just take one with them basically you, get- you just the, you hand their assistant your camera your phone ah. and they take your picture right there wow see i like those see he from the from the way he talks he likes autographs and some people are big autographs but i'm not an autograph kind no, of person me either yeah what i don't get is the people that go after autographs that don't actually meet the people that they're getting autographs from like they buy autographs yeah. on ebay like yeah, but isn't it like the experience? So yeah. So what? What was? How, how long did you spend in proximity of uh, Lex Luthor? I don't know. It seemed like no time. Oh. <laughs> it seemed like it. In it, at the same time, it seemed like forever, and it, and then it seemed like no time. So you were like, <laughs> at all. I am podcasting about you right now, and I want you to come on to the podcast to talk. No, to of no? course I didn't say that. All right. Uh, I don't know what I said because <laughs> I was going to. I was planning on recording a bumper uh-huh. thing. Yeah, but I, I didn't because <laughs> you know it's just, you're just like caught up in the moment. Uh-huh. It was exciting. Yeah, he was very nice. He uh, wanted to make sure that I listened to his podcast, and then he told me to write a review, which I have not because I never do that. Yeah, I never right. think about writing reviews. Hey, uh, however, if you uh, listeners write a review on our <laughs> podcast, uh, Steph that would be great. We would, I would appreciate it on yours. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> I just have to be if reminded. I just don't remember <laughs> these things. One time, I think I was going down the road listening to a podcast. They they asked. To get her to write a review, I think I wrote a review of podcasts. You wrote a review of podcasts. Yeah. You're just like I like podcasts. They're fun. I listen to them a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing in particular yeah. about that 
that certain podcast? No. You like the turtle kid. I like turtles. (laughs) I'm so tired. I'm so tired. I know. This is going to be amazing. We're going to be talking about... uh, all sorts of Smallville today, and, and apologies, folks. We don't we don't want to wait. You don't want to wait, but life happens. And uh, my kids were sick. My kids had a birthday. Uh, one of my kids had a birthday, and then you ran off on I vacation. Was, well, first I was at, at Dragon Con, and then I worked, right. and then I was on vacation. Yeah. Now I'm home, and yeah. I'm tired. Okay, right. So it's mostly your fault. Okay, <laughs> probably yes. Uh, anything else you want to say about your uh, Dragon Con, Michael Rosenbaum? And then I experience? went to his panel. Oh yeah, yeah. The next day, yeah, the next day, and it was great. Mm-hmm. He's just wonderful, you know. He just, he just really gets it, mm-hmm. you know. He knows why he's there. He puts on a show. He loves the questions. He'll answer anything. Mm-hmm. It was, it was great, and I was barely spoiled. That Hardly spoiled. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. Boy, yo, 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 yo. <laughs> uh, that's how you're going to feel by the end of this podcast. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Um, we also had some additional Michael Rosenbaum material as well as Tom Welling material because uh, his the podcast Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum released their interview with his interview with Tom Welling, and it was amazing. <laughs> It was great. I enjoyed that a lot. Like Tom is such a like humble, down to earth person. Yeah, private person. And I'm sure it's. I'm sure it would take somebody like Michael Rosenbaum to get him to open up and exactly share his feelings about things. Yeah, because you see other interviews with him, and he's just like he's pleasant, and he's just, but he's just kind of like. Get me out of here. <laughs> yeah. As soon as possible. Why me? Yeah. Why me? I'm just I'm just this guy. But Michael and it he's was got, amazing. He's got he's got history with, he's got you know, and yeah. uh, and he can relax and talk. He even yeah. talked about his divorce, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. And what's ama- like other than like going through a divorce, I'm sure that's terrible. Yeah. But Tom Wellen seems like the luckiest guy in the world. Yeah. Like I, 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 so I, they just wanted me to be a model, and I was a model, and I lived all over the world, <laughs> traveled, and did this, and then I, then I moved, to, you know, then I came, and I decided not to do this, so I did that, yeah. and then this wonderful thing happened, and <laughs> sometimes it just, yeah, it's it's great, and you know, and uh, when you're when you're an actor, and uh, perhaps you get a little bit of uh, uh, fame, you know, you can. Be a little more choosy, but you know. Also, I guess he just didn't want to do what he didn't want to do when uh, he was, you know, pre Smallville. I was surprised that he auditioned for Buffy. I was, I was like, <gasps> yeah, what episode? What role? He probably has no idea. But I, no. oh, gosh, I'd love to know. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, but also. I just lost my train of thought. Never mind. Well, it, okay, so it, but so <laughs> it's funny. Then he talked about the holding deal that he got, which was like he auditioned for Buffy. He wasn't good for the role, but they liked him a lot and wanted to like keep that keep him in a holding deal, which is basically like here's fifty thousand dollars. You can move to L.A. 
and you only uh, get roles that you know we pick out for you. You can't audition for anything else. This you're our person. And uh, he turned it down because uh, he realized fifty thousand dollars goes fast, and it would be very limiting to just only audition for certain things. Yeah, that's very gutsy. Yeah, as an actor, I'm sure. I'm sure that was. I'm sure he had a lot of people telling him that was stupid. Yeah, but uh, right. Wow. So I was also impressed about hearing about his his typical day. For Smallville, getting up at 4.30 in the morning, driving an hour and a half, working an 18-hour day, and then driving back, and then sleeping for like five hours, and doing it all over again. So sometimes when people are like, man, I hate hearing how Tom was like sick of working on Smallville. Like, if you're working like that, I can not I can imagine, like, even if you're, I don't know, you're making a lot of money, and you're doing a role that you really like... That's that's a tiring day, no matter what you're doing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's why you know you can't blame like Sarah Michelle Gellar for stopping at seven. Mm-hmm. Seven is what you're contracted for. It's pretty amazing that he went to ten. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, and just even if you weren't doing like sixteen hour days and driving all that, just to be stuck in one role for seven to ten years, I mean, that's just you. <sighs> You hardly hardly get any time for – he had no life. That was his life. Yeah. And then he would do a movie during the summer, so his whole life revolved around Smallville. Yeah, exactly. I was uh, surprised that this hour and a half drive, he was doing it himself, and the whole cast had to rally to get him an actual driver. <laughs> I guess maybe the driver wouldn't go out an hour and a half. I'm, I just – because they, no, they wouldn't pay the money. I'm sure the uh, the network wouldn't pay the money for that. Because you, right? You know, just little CWB, CW. <laughs> and I like that uh, Rosenbaum said that he requested a driver too, and he got like a a thousand dollar a week stipend for it, and he just kept the money and drove himself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see what else do did I write? I took a bunch of notes. Uh, uh, we have we have to see this judging Amy episode arc with Tom Welling. Apparently, he plays a boyfriend to Amy Brenneman, who is like twenty years older half than his, him. Yeah, so yeah, half half her age. It, I don't I I don't think judging Amy is really available anywhere. Um, but maybe if we find it, you know, we'll do a special or something. I don't know. I'm not promising anything. Um, okay, especially good. since we didn't even talk about this. But I was just like. Oh man, I got to see this, and you know, this is what got him hired on to, you know, got his name out there, and and you know, he, this is before Smallville. I was like, man, I really like young, like nineteen-year-old Tom Welling in this like romantic arc with Amy Brenneman <laughs> and uh, judging Amy. Um, holy crap! Can I direct a pilot? The information we found out about Mr. David <laughs> Nutter, king of the pilots. Now I know why he, he's king of the pilots. He knows that's there's sweet cash involved. A lot of money. <laughs> uh, the the I, what I wrote down here is that they they said if uh, you direct a pilot, if the show goes to production, you get five to ten thousand dollars per episode after, which is just. Crazy! I would never. Yeah, that's why those like that's why those big directors like Martin Scorsese has this show, Boardwalk Empire, yeah. or 
or whatever because they're just uh, yeah i direct an hour michelle mclaren did, did the pilot for the deuce so it's like every mm-hmm. episode after that she you know any of the any of these shows that open up like oh this big time director uh, kevin smith did the pilot for uh, reaper you know uh, so that's just cash that's some good cash a big check coming in the mail every so often, and then you really, and then you find out this show's gone on for ten seasons. David Nutter must live in like like a, a golden mansion, like in the clouds. I don't know. He's right. Yeah. He's what's so funny house. about yeah about Hollywood or the system is there are people who are very 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 wealthy that you would not know would not assume that about. Mm-hmm. And just like how David Boreanaz must be just cha-ching. Yeah, rolling in it. Because, yeah, in which, you know, not a lot of people don't even know who David Boreanaz is. Like, he's not that well-known. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good one. Um, I really like this interesting talk that they had about uh, TV actors versus movie actors. And how yeah. you might have been a star on a television show. And that is something that comes to people's TVs free, you know, and you, they could watch it weekly and then come back and watch it again. They like you a lot. But are they going to actually pay to see you in a movie? And some like TV stars don't realize that people are just like, yeah, I like him on my TV, but am I going to go off and see whatever movie it is? Like, Yeah, because used to there was a big difference between a TV actor and a movie actor. Yeah. And now – there's not so much. And then they were saying that the divide between, like, there's no connection between television and film. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so there's, like, no communication. They don't, no, one hand doesn't know what the other is doing. I guess they're talking about, like, uh, Barry, about, like, uh, uh, what's his name playing The Flash? Grant what Justin? What is his name? Yeah. Him. And then they hired Ezra, uh, or- Ezra Miller. Yeah. In the movie. So I guess that's what they're talking about, how Tom Welling will never be considered to play Superman. Yeah. Because he's a TV actor. Yeah, they get him every week uh, uh, for um, as Superman on Smallville or Clark Kent, you know. Um, so that was just an interesting conversation as well. There's, there's a few other things. Uh, uh, Rosenbaum wasn't really sure about. Like that, he like filmed the pilot and wasn't sure about the show. He was just like, "Yeah, this is going to be crap and be canceled or whatever." And then came in for ADR, watched the beginning of it with David Nutter, then immediately called his parents and said that he was going to be in a hit show and people were going to start recognizing him. Which is yeah. so cool. Imagine having that feeling, yeah. like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, because <laughs> well, because um, Michael Rosenbaum had been in the business for a while. And he kind of knew that you did things that sometimes it didn't go anywhere. And I think he was such a good uh, influence on Tom, who was new, who told him the way things really were yeah. in uh, in the biz. Yeah. Um, I did – you know, there's been so many interviews and Tom even talked about just, you know, how, uh, you know, fans – Many fans. Oh, what am I trying to say? Many fans were kind of turned off at Tom Welling, and uh, is he appreciating the show enough? You know, and you know, the, the wait, was this a thing back then that 
fans didn't think that Tom Welling was yeah he just into it enough. He finished the show and like didn't really want to talk about Smallville anymore or do anything, uh, you know, do any conventions or anything like that. He just went back, you know, behind the camera or whatever, and didn't really. And you know he he'd talk about it as if it was like a, just a job, you know, it's just a job. It's no big deal, you know. But I like that he and uh, Michael Rosenbaum were talking about, like, here we are, like, six, seven years later after the finale, and you, people are still talking about it, and it touched so many people. And um, and they, they agreed, like, if this is all we end up doing, it's it would be enough. That would be enough. Yeah, it was... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it was really nice how they how they ended the interview and how they can look back on it and have a different attitude towards it now than they did when they were finishing up. Yeah, Tom was. It just sounds like Tom was just tired. He was very very tired mm-hmm. and burnt out. And so yeah, and then uh, skipping ahead, like talking about how uh, Christopher Reeves talks about Superman, like. You that's how you want or I don't know that's how I want every actor to feel I want them to feel like that role like I feel about that role yeah. I want them to respect it and respect the fans and respect the fandom mm-hmm. and it sounds like Christopher Reeve really uh, he's a very he's a professional actor but he also appreciates what that role meant to pop culture and to people in general at that time. That's true. Um, And that's just awesome. Um, A couple other things I wrote down for this interview. uh, I'm looking forward to watching Lucifer. And uh, Tom originally had 10 episodes. He liked the show so much that he asked for more. So he's going to be in like, like 17 or something like that. Yeah, see, just like that. He was like, yeah, I like the show. I asked to be in more episodes. I'm like, immediately that got my attention. <laughs> it's it's not just, oh, I was broke and I needed a job, so and yeah. I knew some producers over here, so they gave me a job. He's really into it. Yeah. He sounds like he's looking forward to getting started uh, on this show, so I'm excited too. Yeah, and you've got Beeman behind the camera at that show too, so you know you can tell from the, some, the commentaries that I've shared with you, he's pretty chummy with Beeman. Beeman seems to be a guy that, like, like for instance, like Dan Aykroyd, John uh, I Zombie, just a guy that's uh-huh. always there, that's helping out even when he's not directing an episode. And uh-huh. uh, he does he I he does he has directed episodes of Lucifer in the past, and I'm sure he's continuing on. So, um, and it's cool that they talked about the, uh, the Supergirl thing. Um, there were some grumblings from the Smallville fan community of like interviews with Tom and, um, where it's like, oh yeah, yeah, I was asked to be on Supergirl, but you know, that's just not, not my thing anymore or whatever. And they, he and Michael both elaborated because I best, I guess they both were asked and get, it makes sense. Get the question all the time. Yeah. Well, they they were both asked by the people behind like Supergirl, like come on the show, you know. And they said that they're like just not interested in the stunt casting thing, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes sense. They're like, no, I, I, I want to go do a job, and I don't want to be like, oh, I'm Tom Welling, well, uh, who played Superman, and ooh, like a wink, wink at the camera kind of thing. Yeah. They want to actually. And go they do a made role. it. They made it sound like they don't. Have a pro- 
they don't judge anybody else for doing it, right. but if just for them at this time, it's not the right thing for them to do. And as you'll see, you know, I mean, even this week, Christopher Reeve here is on on Smallville. Is would he have been hired to be on Smallville if he wasn't already like? Superman and how big of a deal it is to see him kind of pass the torch, you know? Um, uh, maybe not. I don't know. Um, and, you know, there's going to be lots of stunt casting going on. They're, they hinted at one in the interview. I'm not sure if you skipped past or not. But, uh, oh, I heard it, but I wasn't surprised. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, I also like they did. It kind of paid back. Uh, I, I listened to this, and then I was listening to the Rosetta commentary, and they talked about in the interview that uh, they'd bust each other up on set by busting into like um, Christopher Walken and Keanu Reeves impressions. And uh, you actually hear Tom Welling on the Rosetta commentary uh, doing some Christopher Walken. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> uh, so okay, so that's all I really have to say about that. Do you have anything more to say about it? Mm, no, I just enjoyed it. It, it was, was really it was great. Very, it was nice. Mm-hmm. I, I posted it in our Facebook group. I actually put time codes up for people who don't want to get spoiled. It's mostly just a fun conversation. How about when they were talking about making out with Kristen Crook? <laughs> <laughs> well, I wondered because um, you had said that. Oh, Blondie guy. What's his name? Blondie guy? The, the guy who played um, Whitney. Oh, yeah. Eric Fordman. Yeah, yeah. That he er, didn't like Eric kissing Johnson, her. Eric Johnson, who played Whitney Fordman. Eric Johnson. Yeah. You said that he did not like kissing her. Well, he didn't like kissing at all. I don't think he was very uncomfortable with it. So, so it was just the situation of yeah. kiss a romantic scene yep. at all. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's wrong with him? <laughs> <laughs> no, and it's funny how, like, Tom puts it in the interview. It, it, Michael is like, "Was she? did she have, like, bad breath or anything like that? And he's like, I don't think so. I think if it was a terrible experience, I would remember it <laughs> and just kind of left it at that, you know? So Yeah, he's just professional. Yeah. You know, you know like, I I've, I've, think I've said, I've asked my daughter, you know, when you're acting, what if you're the first the first boy you kiss would be on stage. Yeah. Uh, mother, it, it would be the role. It would be what I had to do. It would be the job and I would do, you know, it's just a matter of fact. Yeah. You just got to be professional and keep your emotions out of it. And it, you know, it's different. <laughs> it's your job. Uh, we should talk about the episodes this week. <laughs> and, okay. uh, um, I, I was almost going to propose that we talk about, the three that are not Rosetta and then talk about Rosetta and length at the end. Would that throw you off too much? Uh, I t- I t- whatever you want to do, okay. it's fine. Uh, all right. So news at this time, uh, it was announced when these episodes were aired that uh, Smallville was getting a season three. So whew, good. Our podcast can keep going on. Uh, <laughs> Alan Miles signed on for two more years, and Tom was uh, cast in Cheaper by the Dozen. Mm. So he's going to be filming that during the season between two and three. So let's talk about Fever. Uh, this was in February of 2003, um, and it's the one where Martha dies and Chloe confesses her feelings to Clark. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, all right, so we're and Lex gives Helen the key to the mansion. Oh yeah, that's right. 
So this gets this is uh, the one where Martha gets sick. She's burying the pot of flour with the with the uh, octagon key. Um, uh, when did we find out she was pregnant? It was in this episode. Yeah, it's, she she falls passes out because of the uh, the spores, uh, and she's nearly like impaled on her broken lemonade dr- jug that she drops. Mm-hmm. And then st- when they bring her to the hospital. That's when uh, Helen says, oh, you know, we're concerned about the baby. And Jonathan's like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Back um, when she was talking about her secret, Mm -hmm. I don't know if I said, oh, she's pregnant. I think you did a couple times. (laughs) Because I was like, no, that's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, it, it. it makes sense. Uh, be interesting this, to have uh, the Kent farm a little pitter patter, a little feet walking. Yeah. Around. Well, see, I don't, I don't remember Clark having a <coughs> sibling that, like, I don't, I don't know. This is the part. It. This is the part where, uh, you know, the fact that you've watched seasons eight through ten, <laughs> you might be like, uh-huh. what is? Wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, so I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, what happens. What the deal is. Um, there's a charity concert being thrown out, thrown by the, the torch and the, the front of the – or the torch, the talon. And the front of the talon's marquee says, welcome Stedman. And I was thinking like, isn't that like Oprah's husband or something or boyfriend? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I love the uh, product placement in this. I mean the first. Oh, this is the, this is the uh, oh pizza, a DJ yeah. in this episode. <laughs> For some reason, don't you love it? What's up with that? Uh, do sound guys <laughs> like act like a DJ as like a band is playing? Like they're holding up a mic a headphone to one ear and just jamming out, <laughs> like as if he's like mixing a board or I don't even know. I don't know. And then Clark was like, "Thanks, Pete." <laughs> Thanks. He was so excited about getting receiving the talent mix. The talent mix, yes. <laughs> uh, and I will say you're gonna, you're gonna love this. From I mean, this is like I don't know uh, how many times Lana gets out gets knocked out. How many times like Pete's like plugging a product on this show? It's <laughs> <laughs> it's really funny. Um, and uh, just so you know, this is uh, this was the week that the talent mix came out and. Several uh, songs on it um, And you could actually Download um, Alternate covers the, the cover has like Clark on it But you could download your very own Lana cover Or your very own Lex cover Whichever you wanted And display it on your CD um, So and, and speaking of Stedman Really they, they kind of look like Oasis in tracksuits and That's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, "What is going?" On? I like the song though. It is. It's definitely a needle drop. I'll just wave goodbye. Is a good song. Um. So that was it. That's all that happened in the episode, right? <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, the actual plug that I was thinking of at first, because it's at the top of my notes, is Clark coming in with it, coming into the town with his mother's flowers and they're all in this giant gateway box and I'm like you remember gateway computers yeah with the big like cow boxes uh-huh <laughs> yeah. so Clark is telling the gang about his mom 
and her passing out and she's in the hospital. And so Lana's like, oh, that sounds serious, Clark. And then Pete's like, hey, uh, does the hospital know what's wrong? And he's responsible to Pete. And then Chloe's like, well, what kind of symptoms were there? And Clark spins on her. He's like, is this an interview, Chloe? And (laughs) and then storms off. Chloe... Chloe, take, she's like a verbally abused by Clark very often. Yeah. <laughs> so crazy. Because it's always it's always from the point of view of oh Chloe's trying to like figure something out something else out about my past and discover my secret. So um Oh, the Chloe police are coming. Hey, uh the Smallville Volume One Talon mix <laughs> is only four dollars yeah. on Amazon. Pick it up. <laughs> Seriously thinking about it. So it's on. Well, actually, it's not on Spotify. I believe the talent mix that I have is like somebody made a playlist of the songs from the talent talent mix and put it together, much like the. Uh, uh, I believe the Buffy one is like that, or maybe I'm getting the two confused. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, uh, so. Helen is offered a research fellowship at Johns Hopkins, and then I wrote, Will this tear apart? Hashtag Hellex. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I thought that was much wittier at the time. Um, and then the um, DCA show up. Uh, they're the, the Disease Control Agency. Uh, and I, mm-hmm. I was like, What happened to the CDC? <laughs> this is DCA. I don't know who these people are. Um, and they search the farm, and um, Clark's got to get away with the ship, but he kicks up some meteor rock dust. Oh, that's right. We do have to talk about this in order, because I'm not going to be able to say meteor rock for my, very much longer. Um, <laughs> and uh, uh, Clark crashes a truck with Pete, and I love Pete sees uh, the DCA approaching in a line, and he yells, Clark, X-Files alert! <laughs> Uh, and Clark loses his powers. Yeah, it's like he's getting sick very slowly. Right. Um. Yeah, he takes his hard backwards fall down down the porch stairs. Did you see that? That was a hell of a stunt. Um, yeah. Uh, that looked painful. I wonder if that was the uh, Property Brothers guy. Maybe. <laughs> um. I don't know if you want to explain to the people who are not in the group what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh my gosh. What was did Jen Jen Wynn posted that video of one of the property brothers <laughs> on some kind of cooking video. I think she's like yeah. a YouTube star. One of those so called YouTube stars right, right, that they're right. always talking about. And he like uh what's the word I'm revealed that he was uh Tom Welling standing. Yeah. They said whenever and he had his shirt it... off, that was him. <laughs> right? Oh really? Or like naked scenes or something, that was him. I'm not I'm not sure, but it makes sense. Like he they had the same coloring yeah. and the same build because those property brothers guys are uh tall. Mm-hmm. Broad shouldered. So I can see it. Um this is so so Helen's uh, ushered to the Kent farm and uh Jonathan is uh Pretty much has to tell Helen that you know my son's not like 
And, and yeah, don't get that. Don't draw that blood. You can't do. You can't draw his blood. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna draw his blood. I've got the needle right here. No, you can't do it. <laughs> and then we're like, you're on the edge of your seat because you're like, that needle is not. It's just gonna bounce off his skin and break. How yeah. is how is Jonathan gonna explain it to Helen? Yeah. And he doesn't have to explain it because she's able to draw his blood. Uh-huh. So, well, that's a surprise. Then you're like, oh, his powers are gone. But of course, you know, the blood is different than human blood. So he's telling her to please keep the secret. And and she does, even from Lex, which is awesome. <laughs> um, and, you know, so she's almost like a like a trusted ally of the Kents. But she they they didn't tell her everything. They, they told her. She just knows something's, something's up. up. Something's yeah. different. Yeah. You know, oh, speaking of the drawing blood thing, uh, Emmanuel uh, Vogue. <laughs> Forget uh-huh. that. Uh huh. She said that she had the toughest time doing that one practical effect <laughs> to draw the blood. And uh, she said it's really shocking in the final product that it looks like she knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Chloe shows up with a brand new cute red VW, VW Bug convertible. Oh, yeah. What's up with that? Because before she had like a... Yeah, she took that classic car like to, a the, classic to, car. The, um, to the prom or the formal or whatever it was. Oh, did it get ruined in the... I wonder if it got swept in the... At the, dam- yeah. at the hurt- tornado, during the tornado. It's like, what is this girl doing with, you know, single dad, <laughs> brand new car? And I was definitely waiting for Pete to step out of the shadows and be like, is that a Volkswagen? <laughs> <laughs> Farfig new again, right, Clark? <laughs> <laughs> the thing looks like it that just drove been- right off the lot. Out to the camp farm. Um, so... Chloe sits with an unconscious Clark and reads a letter to him. And she says that she's the girl of his dreams, masquerading as his best friend. She's living a lie. There are two types of girls, the girls you grow out of and the girls you grow into. She wants to be the latter and he's worth the wait. And he repays this lovely little speech by stirring in his sleep and going, Lana. (laughs) Oh, Heartbreak, <laughs> and then she storms out of there, and I'm like, I mean, at first I'm just kind of like, come on, Chloe, he's unconscious, <laughs> you know, he doesn't have any tact, but it's more like she's upset with herself, like thinking mm-hmm. that she can, yeah, um, ever be a uh, as important to him as yeah, uh, yeah. Just so you know, that letter was written by Alan Miles, and I'll give you a little tease. That letter isn't gone. <laughs> that letter's not gone yet. Uh, mm-hmm. So, uh, so let's see. Uh, so Jonathan Kent does a little solo mission here. Is you know his his kid is sick. His wife's in the hospital. Everybody's about to die. I need to get that key. I got to get this ship. Uh, that key has has made its rounds. Yeah, everybody's that had key that key. Has been, yeah. And now the key is in the possession of the government. So I love Jonathan gets his own action music as he's busted into this place. <laughs> of course, he's saved by Clark who speeds in there. But yeah. They, um, so he puts the key. But Clark is fading. Yeah. Yeah. So he puts the key in the ship outside the hospital. What did you think about that scene? I thought that scene looked really cool. Mm-hmm. And just like I teased, a main cast member dies, <laughs> but the ship revives her. 
like, how does it know? Does it know that they love Clark, that they're Clark's family? Well, Clark's the one that put the key in the hole, so um, perhaps... Is it... Is it Clark's wishes that it might make be. it happen? It might be. I don't know because, you know, the ship lit up during the tornado and then, you know, shot out some beams and that's how Martha ended up being fixed. She's She was fertile. And then, you know, her and Jonathan probably had a little nooky and then didn't realize, <laughs> oops, she's fertile. Um, so the ship has... Some sort of uh, reviving powers um, Some sort of healing powers So um, More on that Later um, So uh, Let's see I wrote Kents don't want to know sex Oh they don't want to know sex <laughs> and the baby I was like what are you talking about Robin <laughs> Helen don't tell us they about wanna... sex We know all about it <laughs> <laughs> They want to find out the old fashioned way Yep yep Jonathan says it's a miracle. Yeah. And this episode, everybody's happy about the baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, In this episode. <laughs> uh, Lana is reminded of uh, who is important in her life. Uh, Chloe says, yeah, who's important to Clark? And then Lana finds Chloe's note. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. So... What the hell? My notes are garbage. I don't know what I was writing here. Clark, Is it? Uh, oh, go ahead. Clark thanks Chloe for list, for visiting. Standoffish. Oh yeah, and then Lana says it was hard seeing Clark sick, and that she's not eloquent, and says some people are better with words than others. And Lana and Chloe look at each other from across the room. Dun dun dun. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, let's talk about Rosetta. Do you have anything more to say about Fever? I like Fever, but it's definitely not the best episode this week. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fine. It's, it's better it's than good. the other two, I think, but that's my own personal <laughs> beliefs. I just think uh, it's stuff with the ship and Martha's in danger and Clark's in danger. And, I don't know. I liked it. All right, so, Rosetta. Well, I mean, I think it's definitely b- gutsy. Ballsy gutsy that they killed Martha. Yeah. So I threw you- but a cheat that they brought her back. <laughs> I was just happy that I could tease that tease. Uh, uh, oh yeah, I was really surprised that a cast member dies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that reminds me, I don't have a lot of teases this week for next week, but um, I got a couple. Um, okay, so Rosetta, written by Alan Miles, of course, and directed by the great James Marshall. And I'll just say this is the one where Christopher Reeve guests. So mm-hmm. you asked me, you said, give me that give me that trivia. So I've got trivia for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> sit back and sip your whatever you're sipping. <laughs> I will read it. Um, okay, so Christopher Reeve is my Superman. Is he your Superman? I mean, yes, just like... How, yes, Superman was around a long time before Christopher Reeve, Mm -hmm. but he is who everybody thinks Clark Kent slash Superman should be. Mm -hmm. He he was excellent. He was the bumbling Clark Kent. He was the super, he was the, uh, he played very well the Superman putting on the 
bumbling persona of Clark Kent, yeah. the actor within an actor, and uh, just he played it with just such, um, you know, earnestness and no, um, you know, just honestly a, a hero mm-hmm. that um, just the. Uh, the original. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm badly. It's okay. Uh, Christopher Reeve is, uh, I, I mean, I passed around this article and it, it comes around the internet every once in a while. Christopher Reeve is like Superman that came with his own special effect. And they, you always see the scene where, um, like, Lois has just met Superman. They had that rooftop uh, interview. And then. Um, he flies away and then immediately super speeds around the other side of the building to Lois's door as Clark and then opens the, and then Lois lets him in and he's bumbly Clark and everything. And he's kind of like hunched over or whatever. And Lois is like, like in a daze because he just, she just met a God, you know, uh, a God who said that he could tell the color of her panties, by the way. Um, and, uh, like as soon as she walks away, um, he just kind of takes his glasses off and straightens up. And that just mm-hmm. simple physical effects, you can see Clark just immediately turn into Superman. And then he puts the glasses back on again and it's immediately back into the other role again. So, uh, mm-hmm. so uh, Christopher Reeve was a stage actor, is given the role of a lifetime, and he played Superman through the 80s in four films. He tried to break out of it. By trying to stay away from action roles um, and starring in movies like Somewhere in Time and Street Smart. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was a story about uh, how were they when they were, when they were filming Somewhere in Time. This is when Superman like first came to theaters. So he went to the theater with his cast and like stood up and performed all of Superman's lines. <laughs> <laughs> while they all watch the movie uh, and it's and it's funny because uh, I think it was during the commentary with Tom Welling that he said that like Christopher Reeve still remembers all of his lines from Superman he's just he just loved it so much um, and uh, so he worked he did you know they shot Superman one and two together and then they split them up into two different movies the whole Richard Donner Richard Lester thing happened. Uh, but then, then he's then he comes back for Superman three, and it's the Richard Pryor show. So they had to actually woo him back for Superman four, and it was only if he could write the script. And uh, he wanted to do something good with Superman, and that was ridding the world with nu- of nuclear weapons. Um, uh, unfortunately, it wasn't the. It was a pretty cheaply made movie, and yeah, whatever. Uh, it, after that, he kind of fell into obscurity. Um, and in 1995, he was staging a comeback. He was in The Remains of the Day, Village of the Dams, and Speechless. And that same year, he got into a horseback riding accident and was paralyzed. He was a quadriplegic. Um, his wife, Dana, became his strongest supporter, helping him choose living on a ventilator over death, which is pretty much how he was feeling after that. I mean, can you blame him? 
Um, and uh, of course, you know, as history shows it, they they became kind of like inspirational icons together. They founded the Christopher and Dana Reeve Foundation. They lobbied for help from paralyzed for paralyzed people and advocated for stem cell research. They traveled the world. Get, he gave speeches. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, they said on the commentary. Uh, Christopher Reeve uh, shot with them and was on a plane to Australia the next day <laughs> because he was still just traveling the world, you know, advocating. Um, in 1998, he starred in a TV remake of Rear Window with Daryl Hannah. Um, and in 2003, he was cast in his last role on Smallville as Dr. Virgil Swan. Um, and in, this is 2003. And in October of 2004, he passed away at the age of 52. And two years later, Dana, his wife, was diagnosed with lung cancer and passed away at age 44. Wow. So they both died. <laughs> it's terrible. They did so much. So much. And they're so, I don't know, I just, you just kind of like watch something with Christopher Reeve, especially in these episodes where he's in the chair and everything, and you just kind of choke up. You're like, man, he's just. Oh, I know. I was so emotional yeah. watching because even other with even without Christopher Reeve, it was a very heavy emotional episode with with the family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Things. Mm-hmm. And just uh, um, getting into. Um, where he comes from and everything and uh, what do his parents mean to him after this, you know, and all that. So, Well, and the, the whole um, – well, this is going to be Martha and, and uh, Jonathan's biological baby. Yeah. I, I am somebody else's child. Right, right. I don't – I'm not as part of this family as this baby is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would just really broke my heart. Yeah. Um, did, did you know Christopher Reeve was going to be on this episode? Did you go into it and go, oh yeah, this is, no, no. like when his face showed up on the time cover, did you go, whoa, (laughs) I was wondering on the time cover, they show his face on the the cover of time first as a young man. Oh no. I saw his name in the credits. Ah. Yeah. Stupid credits. Yeah. By the way, that, that, that time magazine was a picture that. Chris sent them to use, and they actually, uh, it's funny, I didn't know this, but they, they have to get these uh, uh, covers approved by Time before they can show them on a TV show, and, hmm. and obviously Time was like, oh yeah, totally, I mean, can we <laughs> yeah. put them on the real cover? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I got the, I had that trivia for about Christopher Reeve, there was a double commentary for Rosetta, I let you listen to the one with Tom and, uh, Tom and the rest of the cast. Which uh, I was kind of kicking myself because I should have listened to it first. There was a couple of things on that where I was like, oh, I wish they didn't talk about that. There's spoilers about Dr. Walden and uh, Virgil Swan on there. So I don't know if you caught them at all. (laughs) But there was a I can't remember. Oh, good, good. Uh, So I didn't write too many notes about the... Their, their commentary because it was mostly them goofing off. But um, the ones the the things I wrote down were Tom Welling's walk, Christopher Walken impression was great. Uh, he he joked that when during the ear ringing scene that he had to put hot sauce in his mouth to pull off how he was acting. I don't think I believe him. Uh, 
Kristen admitted in the many one of the many one of the few times that she spoke on the commentary that she hates pink and they always put her in pink. <laughs> uh, the Coldplay song, "The Scientist," I think plays. Yeah, they're like, "Oh, we had this yeah. first. <laughs> yeah, Tom said that it wasn't as it, that. Yeah, that it was brand new when they got it. Uh. I like that Michael Rosemont pointed out why is Lex picking up trash because he picks up <laughs> uh, Clark's uh, little family tree drawing in this episode for just for no reason. I don't know. I like that Tom tells the audience on the commentary to email the WB and ask for HD versions of the show. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, in the end, like it's like I think the first seven – Maybe six seasons are on DVD And they have the rest of the seasons On Blu-ray so I'm definitely going to be pick- I mean I already have season 10 On Blu-ray but I'm going to pick the other other ones up When we get to them um, uh, I like that they talked about Tom Welling and Christopher Reeve Having a great thing between them Like hey we both play Superman <laughs> like, And uh, just I don't know just another thing to kind of I don't know. I guess it kind of choked me up. It made me feel a little bit emotional. Was hearing Tom Welling talk with such great respect for Christopher Reeve. You know, mm-hmm. so awesome. And at the end of the at the end of their commentary, Tom actually says, "All right, guys, I got to run the set. See you later." And that's how the commentary ends. <laughs> and I was just <laughs> expecting to hear like the sound of the super speed happen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Uh, uh, here's the stuff I got from the Alan Miles uh, commentary, okay? And feel free to interject with observations of scenes they're talking about here, okay? Okay. So that scene where um, the flying scene, and then they end up in the, he ends up in the cave, and then is out on the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, apparently, Tom was supposed to be shirtless, but it was uh, too cold for that because <laughs> it was in the middle of February in Canada. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, they th- Middle of February in Alabama You could do it But yeah. not Canada <laughs> <laughs> um, They said no kid is as open with his parents As Clark uh, And the reason why they made it that way Was because the head of DC Comics Said that Superman Is the way he is because of his parents I mean you heard that before If he was raised somewhere uh-huh. else he'd be a different person And they said probably with a sexier accent though <laughs> <laughs> They talked about Dr. Walden And are like oh here's one of our many doctors We just love to make these guys go crazy (laughs) Uh, uh, Oh that was the chicken scratch guy (laughs) (laughs) Chicken scratch Yeah Uh, Dr. Walden Um, Clark reacting to the beam That he's getting shot with from the cave Uh, They noted that our actors are doing much better at selling the reality of the special effects and the effects are getting better. So it's, you know, Susan two is turning into a much better production for them. They, they're happier hmm. with, uh, they said they like the irony of Lana snooping on Chloe. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was different. Yeah. She's very curious. Post the, post yeah, like the letter. How- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's she's very touchy. She's very sensitive to to Lana. Uh-huh. But yeah, how ironic is it that uh, Chloe can snoop in everybody's business, but they can't. Nobody's supposed to snoop in hers. Yeah, yeah. and it's a good payoff from the season uh, premiere. Was it the season? Yeah, it was the season premiere where we saw 
Chloe not delete those pictures. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure like Clark's birth certificate is in another one of those folders. Um, they said that many casts of successful series that they know go insane with egomania in season two. And he says it's not true with the Smallville cast. And he said specifically, you know, in Kristen and Allison's scenes, they say, she said, Ugh. they said uh, that they're really good friends by, by now in this part of the series. Um, oh, uh, they made it, they talked about some sets, um, the Talon, which you love the design of. Um, uh, I, my, it, it offends my eyes. <laughs> you'll be happy to know that it took a long. Did they paint it? Did they paint it? It took. What? Well, I'm sorry. No. Uh, they said it was kind of an evolving set. You'll notice it's probably not. Oh as, yeah, it gets worse and worse. That's really funny. Episodes. <laughs> I didn't notice that. I I I oh thought it was gosh. getting a lot less cluttered with the curtains and all that stuff. I don't know to, to, to me, but they said it took a long time to nail down the design of the talent and that Miles Millar actually fired several production designers uh, who just could not get the design of this place right. Uh, they said it went through a few. It's like a unicorn vomited in that <laughs> ring. Um, they said they were really resistant uh, to the notion of the talent. They didn't want to have a peach pit on their show. But they needed somewhere for the characters to gather And they also needed a, a space for Lana To give her something to do on the show uh, Apparently fans were complaining in season one That what's, what is Lana's life? Like what does she do? So uh, Well I think it's more distracting That she left the bandery <laughs> And opened her own coffee shop Yeah I, it's weird. To, it's weird. It's very but. weird. How is she? How is she? She's practically running this business and going to high school. She's in tenth grade. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said the hospital set is one of their biggest sets. Um, they said they wanted it to be realistic. It used to be just like a room and a couple of uh, quarters or something like that. Um, but they said on this show, it did you know. They wanted it to be realistic they, because people get hurt and they go to the hospital. It wasn't going to be a show where people get hurt and like whatever. Um, and then they said that they never realized they'd be using this set so much. <laughs> the hospital is <laughs> like every episode. Yeah, and the hospital isn't painted like a typical hospital. The hospital is almost like it's right next door to the towel and it, <laughs> it has the Probably bright colors is. too. Probably is, but yeah, they are. Used to be, it was like establishing shot, and then the um, in the inside the hospital. But they're doing a lot more outside the hospital now, like yep. with the ship. Yep. Oh yeah. That. Yep. That scene definitely. Um. So about the uh, Christopher Reeve scene, uh, they filmed that. Um, at the in, not on the set, but on the in the production offices of the show Third Watch. Which was a John Wells show John Wells had previously given them permission To shoot in the White House set for the West Wing And mm-hmm. um, Christopher Reeve Like couldn't fly out to Vancouver he, And he's in New York So the, the John Wells let them Like they said while we're shooting the scene There are people down the hall just working on Third Watch scripts <laughs> You know mm-hmm. And uh, they said they did it all in one day And the day pretty much consisted of uh, you know, like the word got out that Christopher Reeve is going to be in this uh, show, and they wanted to maybe I don't know, maybe not capitalize on it, but you know, to like it was kind of like a 
both ways. You know, they're capitalizing on the fact that Superman's going to be on their show, a really respected guy. And also, like Christopher Reeve is trying to get the word out about his foundation. So they ended up doing the first part of the day just doing press conferences together. Like they didn't even film the scene yet. And then Hmm. they went back to the Third Watch production offices, filmed the scene. um, And then at the end of that, they shot the PSA. Uh, you, you saw the PSA at the end, right? Um, I don't think I s- saw it on Amazon on Hulu. Oh, really? I didn't see it on Hulu. Where did I see it? You might I have heard it. Heard it in the commentary. I heard it in the commentary. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Um. So Chris said that he'd stay as long as it took. Like they were really like, oh man, Christopher Reeve. We don't want to like screw up his day. Uh, they had like, you know, three to five hours or something like that. And he ended up staying like 12 hours. And then of course on the, on the plane to Australia the next day. Um, and, and Greg Beeman was saying, or not Greg Beeman, uh, Alan Miles were saying, you forget that Christopher Reeve is a Juilliard trained actor. Um, Mm -hmm. so they felt like their script, the lines that they wrote for him, it wasn't nearly you know, as good as when he delivered them, like when he delivered them, he put emotion and, and importance behind it. So, um, and you really feel that, and especially with the John Williams music during the scene. I mean, you notice that. Right? Oh my God. Oh. That's another thing. I think that that's, that taps into your emotions more than anything. It's that, that music. Yes. And it reminded me, and uh, I'm going to probably put a little bit of it at the top of the show, folks. You probably already heard it. Um, uh, The Fortress of Solitude. Like, everybody knows the Superman theme. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. You know, um, The Fortress of Solitude is, uh, I don't know, it's it's such a a cool melody. I I just love it. I maybe want to listen to that score all over again. I actually have been dying to to sit down and just watch Superman the movie just because of all this. But um, the theater where I went to see the Twin Peaks night um, is uh, doing some showings of classic movies, and they're showing Superman in a couple weeks. So I'm really looking for. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm actually going there tomorrow to see Goldfinger. So this is like a, a theater I got to drive an hour away for. It's not anything in this uh, rural community I live in. Uh, more, more, uh, more trivia. Uh, this is this Kryptonian language uh, that they show is actually was actually created by DC Comics, um, and uh, they had to uh, take um, the words. Uh, what was it? Um, when they show when Clark puts that symbol on the side of the barn, and he reads it as hope. I don't know if you remember uh, from um, Man of Steel when Superman has the S shield and uh, uh, Lois is wondering what the S stands for and he says hope because that is actually not an S. It's it's a Kryptonian symbol for hope. But obviously it's not an S uh, charred onto the side of the barn. It, it, they made it so um, they took – the letters, the Kryptonian letters for H O P E, and they put them all together and and made that the word hope. Anyway, <laughs> rather than just putting like four Kryptonian letters across the barn, they just put it all together. Yeah, had to do like uh, shorthand. Mm-hmm. So, oh my gosh, did you just share something? 
Yes. Harry, Harry Dean Stanton died. Oh, no. Oh, that's terrible. That sucks. I think he was supposed to be uh, around this area uh, for an event. That sucks. I think he's like in a movie. John Carroll Lynch might have directed it. Yeah. Yeah. He was supposed to be here for an event. We're like actually an hour away again for an event for that. That sucks. Ah, well, good guy. Um, anyway, back to Superman. <laughs> uh, they, I, the Alan Miles called the little, uh, the disc that they put into the ship, they called it the chocolate bar. And the last time you saw it was in the pilot. I thought I was wondering if you remembered that thing, but <laughs> no, yeah. that Clark said was the heart. Yeah, where's it been, and what's the deal with it? <laughs> yeah, we saw it in the pilot, <laughs> and apparently it must have been in like Jonathan's bedstand drawer or something. Because <laughs> we haven't, we've it's only been about the key ever since. But now it's the yeah. key and the 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 heart. And they said that uh, that thing has been redesigned, and the ship's even redesigned since the pilot too. Uh, the last bit in the commentary is about the PSA, and they said that was their third take. Everybody was part punchy, um, so there was kind of like a, you know, please give the Christopher Reeve Foundation yada yada yada, and then um, uh, they're like, please, or, no, it goes, uh, thank you, no, thank you, thank you, and then Christopher was like, please <laughs> give, you know, and they all burst out laughing. Um, and Chris said that uh, they really, he really liked that take because he didn't want it to sound too pretentious. So they just, they just used that, and, you know, as the PSA rather than a super serious one. Mm-hmm. All right, so I should throw it to you. What else you want to? That that's all the trivia-ish stuff that I I think I have all of it, hit all of it. Um, what you think about Rosetta? Do you want to talk about any of it? Well, just like um, I like this. It's kind of cheesy, but I like it. I like that you can tell what the theme of the episode is is by what the kids at school are doing. Like they're doing, they're having to do their family tree, right. so they have the conversation about, well, what if your mother left you, or what if you your parents died, and I, you know, I like that. What if it's you're like- adopted? Pete's like, I'm part of a nuclear family. Like, like, listen, I know it's weird, but I have a mom and a dad, and I'm not going to feel bad about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. But yeah, so the theme of the episode is family. Uh And, uh, oh, just that, um, Jonathan, they're looking forward to. To the time where they can tell people about this baby. Mm-hmm. And Clark is like, oh, the baby's a secret that people can know about. People can't know about my secret. Yeah, yeah. Already jealous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and then at the yeah. end, after he finds out, you know, that he's Kal-El. Kal-El. right. Kal-El. Kal-El. And... <laughs> From Krypton, from Krypton, Krypton, at, no, Krypton. Okay, okay, you can either say Krypton. Krypton. Or Marlon Brando would say Krypton. (laughs) Here on Krypton. Nobody, because nobody's going to. Nobody's going to tell Marlon Brando. Yo, yo, you're pronouncing it wrong. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, he, so Clark finds out that he was sent there to 
rule these people to rule earth and so he's like what what the heck who are (laughs) who am i who are these people that i come from what you know yeah i was sent here to conquer what kind of planet am i from and and i love that jonathan's like you're a force for good i'm your father i know you best and they hug and then the camera just like it shows clark looking like oh my god you know like this is crazy and then you turn around you see jonathan's expression like holy shit what am i doing (laughs) what's gonna happen i hope we're gonna we're not in for a lot of trouble here but this is crazy (sighs) yeah what an ending (sighs) Um, definitely enjoyed the, um, uh, was it Lana and added, uh, Chloe to her family tree or was it yeah. the other way around? Chloe added Lana. Yeah. That was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Cause it's another thing like all this important stuff's going on and Lana is thinking about moving out. <laughs> it's like, uh, and they're having problems. Lana and Chloe are having some issues together. It's like, uh, let's get back to where, like, Clark just, like, nearly burned his family barn down. Like, what's going on here? Um, anyway. Yeah, because Martha has to be ready with an explanation for everything, uh-huh. you know. Because Chloe, d- darn Chloe showed up at the wrong time, and she, of course, she had her camera. Yeah, and, the camera slowly and, comes up and click. It's like, ah, damn it, Chloe. <laughs> like, she didn't ask. Right. You know, boundaries, Chloe. Why would she, though? It's a crazy thing that just happened. Just, I, and then I, I she know. puts it on the internet, and that's how Virgil Swan yeah. finds out. Yeah. Um... I like that Walden finally called out to Lex, like, what is with you and this kid? You know? And he's, why you keep protecting him? What, what is your infatuation with him? And um, and that uh, that's where we get the call out that could Clark be the Rosetta Stone to, to figure this out? Um, I like that the email is like, if you can read this, I have answers for you. And the symbol says, I'm a friend. And uh, I think that's a that's a line from the original Superman movie. It's like a friend. Um, mm. uh, um, gosh, maybe I, should, I there's I have so many notes. Um, yeah, because uh, well, <laughs> like the the first scene where Clark is flying through the air yes. and he ends up in the cave. You don't know what's real. Yeah. What did you think about that effect, too, by the way? It looked great when they were flying and you saw, like, the point of view. But then Clark kind of, like, hovering there on her wires looked a little off. He looked a little uncomfortable, I think, on those wires. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he pulled it off, but... Uh, I just love the cave. The The key goes into the wall and the the red and the blue and the yellow, the Superman colors and the, the swirling white uh, Kryptonian letters... So awesome. Well, yeah, and it opens up in the shape of, you know, of the emblem on Clark's chest, yeah. on the Superman. Did you see the the emblem uh, that showed up when uh, uh, Dr. Walden tried to do it? It was like this angry symbol. No, I don't. It was, it was, a, it was um, definitely not the S shield. It was, it was like an, ang- like an angry looking uh, symbol. Hmm. I, I don't know what it was. I, I, I didn't see it in any of the Well, see, I took it that... 
Clark was able to be downloaded with the information because he was Kryptonian. And that Dr. Walden, it like damaged him and killed him because he was a mere mortal human and wasn't able to oh, he's not dead. handle. He's comatose. Oh, he's not dead. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's comatose. He got I think they said that he may not survive. <laughs> yes, that's a, that's a, that was one of the things I was like, oh, God damn it. Not a big deal, though. Um, you'll see how it turns out. Uh, I believe okay. in next week you're going to see or the next batch of episodes because we're going to be talking about the, the the rest of season two next time. Uh, I love the time cover. It says Man of Tomorrow, which was also Clark's campaign slogan back in season one. <laughs> but this time it's talking about Chris uh, Virgil Swan. Another. Um, yeah, Jonathan Kent. Freaking out about the message from Swan And I love how he's just like I'm not ready to give up protecting Clark And uh, Martha is just worried About him getting hurt And uh, um, Clark's just like I can't leave These questions in the storm cellar Why did my parents put me In a ship and send me away I mean, Yeah because Clark and Pete They like Hid from Clark's parents To to read this email. Uh-huh. But is that, oh, that great and New York is a real place. Oh yeah. Wait. Th- oh wait. He went to New York. Yes, that's where Virgil Swan. Virgil Swan is the director of the planetarium oh, in New that's York. Right. Yeah. Originally, is, they were planning on filming in a planetarium, but they couldn't work it out. It, that would have looked really cool. But I, I dig these. Mm-hmm. Uh, I dig that this like he's just like this reclusive. Philanthropist And uh, he's just like working in the Back room of something <laughs> You know he's just mm-hmm. like leave me alone um, Oh yeah when, So when he walks through the door I, I love that Clark is Suited up in his blue shirt and red jacket He's got his own <laughs> Superman outfit on uh, Dr. Swan's Named after Superman artist Kurt Swan And uh, yeah Superman movie music this is ah uh, yes, I gotta read it. This is Kal-El of Krypton, our infant son, our last hope. Please protect him and deliver him from evil. Um, and uh, we will be. Then the second part of the message is, we will be with you, Kal-El, for all the days of your life. Um, and Swan discovered that Krypton was destroyed. And there was only one message, and that Clark is on his own. And he says it right here. You know, no matter, I mean, we hear the ship telling him something different later, but here he's like, you write your own destiny, Kal-El. So, um, oh yeah, I have more trivia here, but it's not really that big of a deal. Hey, Siri. Uh, <laughs> what, what's she searching for this time? Oh, I did, it wasn't her. Oh, I heard a beep. Oh, uh uh-uh. oh. Oh, okay. Um, it, it might be my arm wrists. Oh. Uh, so Chris says in the in one of his interviews, he said the door seems to be open for me to return. He says, "If I bomb, that's the end of it." <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, never. So I think I re- oh oh there was another little interview with Christopher Reeve. He talked about they were talking to him about how they were planning on doing another Superman movie. You know, and that's the one that ends up being Superman Returns with Brandon Routh. But, you know, 
they were thinking like, oh man, Tom Welling might be Superman in this movie. And uh, Chris Reeve actually says, um, this ca- the character is more important than the actor who plays him because of the mythology. I'm sure they'll take their time and find the right man, but it should be an unknown. And then, I guess this was during the press conference, Chris Reeve then turns to Tom Welling and says, Tom, you're probably not an unknown anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you have anything else to say about Rosetta? I don't think so. Gosh, I think we talked a ton about it. Uh, enough yes. to satisfy me. I will say the best needle drops. Uh, Coldplay, the scientist, of course, and mm-hmm. uh, two great John Williams jams: uh, the Superman theme and the uh, the Fortress of Solitude. Also, during this uh, during this episode, Tom Welling, uh, it was during one of the loft scenes. And he's like, they should put to, they should put together a CD of all the music, all the different uh, songs that play during these loft scenes. And I just wrote down challenge accepted, Tom. So <laughs> <laughs> one day when I'm bored, I'm going to create one hell of a Spotify list, and it'll just be every single song that plays in the loft, and it'll, and it'll probably end up being like a mix you can play, like you know when you're trying to like wine and dine. Uh, <laughs> the flowers out, the champagne, and the loft hits <laughs> mix from Spotify. I'll I'll definitely say when that's done if that if I actually do it. <laughs> anyway, let's talk really quickly about <laughs> Visitor and Precipice. Well, okay, you didn't like Visitor, but I did. Okay, because it's okay. This is the one where there's a new kid. In town, mm-hmm. and he has the same story as Clark does, but he's telling people about it. Yep. It turns out to the episode before. By the way, there was a two month hiatus after uh, Rosetta. We're now in April. Um, and uh, the last thing Clark was worried about was like, one of the things he was worried about was the fact that he's alone. Like, he's the last yeah. son of Krypton. Um, and what what does that mean? <laughs> like, holy crap. Uh, Quick, quick trivia note. Um, this was directed by Rick Rosenthal. I think this was the only episode of Smallville he directed. Um, but he direct. He's the director of Halloween Two, Halloween Resurrection, and two Buffy episodes. I wrote down uh, Normal Again and Help. He, wrote, he directed those as well. So, wait, he, p- Help and what? Normal Again. No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and Cyrus is played by Jeremy Lelliot, who was in Melrose Place in Seventh Heaven. I don't remember. He's a theater actor. Okay, and I, that's from what I read on IMDb, which that might mean that he did one play. But <laughs> I just kept thinking Eminem whenever I'd see him because he's got that eight mile look. Uh huh. <laughs> he's so tiny yeah. compared to you know Tom. Yeah. He's like so he's like like the opposite. <laughs> but yeah, okay, the reason that I find this interesting is because just like the episode where there was the chance that Clark and Lex were brothers, half brothers. Right. It's like you know it's not true. Yeah. But the idea of it is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And just this kid, you know it's not true. You know he's not Kryptonian. You know he has nothing to do with Clark. But for some reason, he has like the same story. Right. And he 
he healed the horse mm-hmm. and he healed uh, the guy's broken neck. So something's up with him. He's but... got meteor powers, but he but he's a healer. Mm-hmm. Or kryptonite powers. I could start saying krypton and kryptonite now. It's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but then at the end there was the uh, there was the um, shooting star, so that could have been his parents coming back to get him. Who knows? But probably not. <laughs> oh, I have a I have some trivia for that. Um, this is one of what? the reasons why I grabbed my book. Uh, not the nerd. Shoot- <laughs> the shooting, not the shooting star, but the uh, the tower. Did you notice that crazy tower? Yeah. Okay. Um. Visitor had one of our best sets ever. Algo says David Wilson is such a wonderful production production designer. I guess he's one that didn't get fired. Um, <laughs> Wilson's inspiration came from working on a film in North Carolina called Love Field with Dennis Denzel Washington and Michelle Pfeiffer. I've never heard of this movie. <laughs> we ran across an old man named Bowler Simpson. His daughter had perished in a car accident on the way home one night. So old Bowler decided to make this giant kinetic art piece of sculpture made out of license plates and stop signs. Over twenty, over about 20 years, he turned this 10-acre field into a memorial. I took that mm. image and used it for the tower. It actually tipped over within 20 degrees of the ground, and all the little pieces rolled around and jiggled and jangled. We drew it to a certain extent, and then we all just jumped out there and put the pieces on. Um, it was a big build for the show. We buried it underground and had it all on a hinge so we could control it down to the minutest detail. I figured out over the course of the show there's certain things to fight for, to do certain gags. Absolutely the right way means going big on them and doing them feature film style, and this was one of them. <laughs> so they built this gigantic thing just for this one episode. It's crazy. But it was, it's pretty impressive looking. It, it really reminded me of like Easy Phone Home, <laughs> you know, like yeah, but a lot more complicated. I don't know where this kid had the time to do this and how long he was working on it. But old Cyrus worked on his for like ten years. So, uh, so that's that's all I had to say about that set. Um, here's another thing. Uh, I like that. Uh, Pete, Pete gets a little jealousy because uh, Clark ends up uh, telling, you know, spoiling a secret to Cyrus. And Pete's worried that Cyrus is going to blow the secret. And Pete's like, you know, they're trying to figure out, like, is he from Krypton or not? And Pete says, well, we could test it out, test him out with Meteor Rock. And Tom corrects him. He's like, it's called Kryptonite. And Pete's like, is that with a C or a K? Okay, like, like get the lingo right, man. We're doing kryptonite from here on out. No more meteor rock talk. Uh, so I just thought that was funny. Um, anything else about this episode? Lex shows Helen his obsession. Yeah. What would you think if you're like you're dating this guy? Well, I mean, it's you just, moved in. It's- it's interesting because she knows what she knows yeah. about the Kents, and now she knows what he knows about the Kents, and she's going to start putting those two things together. Is she going to, uh, you know, <laughs> breach patient confidentiality, yeah, yeah. or is she going to, you know, 
stay uh, ethical and keep her mouth shut, you know, it's just what's going to happen after this. Yep. It totally looks like a super villain's hideout, though, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. he's got the car. He's got he's got all sorts of monitors. The cave drawings are up there. Uh, the reconstruction where the crash is going on, a, and it's like a GIF that's going on a loop. <laughs> and, like files on monitors of each of the Kents and like information about them. And he's like, and they're... didn't want to tell her at first. Kept it locked, yeah. hid from her. And he's like. They're an interesting family, don't you think? It's like, I didn't, run, Helen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want you to think I was, uh, what's the word? Uh, Crazy? Uh. <laughs> oh, what's the word when somebody's rich and weird? Uh, reclusive? Uh, no, uh, it's that word I can never think of. Okay. Does it rhyme with oil? No, it is a it's a sophisticated word for weird. Uh, <laughs> Folks, uh, tweet stuff. <laughs> sophisticated you know words about, for, for weird. <laughs> One of them will be correct. We got to move on. Okay. Oh, precipitous. Well, wait, I wait, keep wait, saying wait. that this is precipitous. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not, fin- I'm not finished. Oh, needle drops. Uh, okay. I I did like that. Uh, we we actually find out the secret about Cyrus and that he actually he had like the Lana Lang origins but didn't get like Lana didn't get powers but he got powers like he watched his parents get vaporized in the meteor shower like they were killed in front of him much like Lana's parents were killed in front of her it's really funny that like meteors were landing in the middle of town and people are standing all around. So why didn't it, like Lana and Aunt Nell get some sort of meteor powers? I mean, I can remember, um, what's her face? Who could see this future? Like she said, she was looking out her back window and a, and a, a meteor rock landed in her backyard. And that's how she could see the future ever since. And it blinded her. But Yeah. But. <laughs> there's no explanation of what you need on top of the meteor rock. Like, well, some of these things, they just started happening yeah. recently. And some things have happened for a long time. So it's just, there's no it's whatever the answer. episode needs. Yep. Best needle drops. Okay. We got the Garnier Fructus uh, commercial. Woo-hoo. <laughs> Which is actually a really good song. Woo-hoo. Transplants. I actually had this album uh, back in this time. This is an album. Really? This is a song called Diamonds and Guns. And it's a lot more screamier than the shampoo commercial makes it seem to be. <laughs> These are like members of Rancid. Like they had like a spinoff group called the Transplants. They had like a like a road manager that learned how to DJ and was like, do you want to like try rocking out with this and here's some beats I've created. And that's how they made the transplants. Uh, hmm. David Gray's song. The other side is also on uh, my best needle drops for this episode. Cause it's a good song. It's much better than his big hit. Do you remember what his big hit was? Who? David Gray. No. Babylon. <laughs> That oh, that's such a CW <laughs> WB song. But this one's like, I meet you on the other side. I like that song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that song. Precipice, not precipitous. Uh, I was Precipice. wondering why, why is it raining? It should be raining. <laughs> Precipitation. <laughs> 
Uh, this was written by Clint Carpenter. It was his only TV sh- episode he's ever written. <laughs> wow. He was the script coordinator I mean, like, for season two and season three. And they gave him what happened, bless his heart. Uh, this was a good episode. Okay. <laughs> it there wasn't was good, bad. There was some good stuff in it. Yeah. There's some good stuff, but it's not a Smallville episode. <laughs> and I don't know what the point was. Well, let me tell you who the director is. Uh, the director is Thomas J. Wright. He directed the Hulk Hogan movie No Holds Barred. Uh, he directed a lot of Millennium, a lot of X-Files, Angel, Firefly, One Tree Hill, Castle, Supernatural. This is very much like in the vein of X-Files and Supernatural more than uh, Smallville. Smallville gets very close to those tunes because, you know, Vancouver for life. But mm-hmm. this is the one I wrote down. This is the one where Lana saves herself, Lex doesn't murder anyone, and Clark picks up trash. <laughs> yeah. Nobody has it. Like, I kept waiting. I was like, what's wrong with these guys? <laughs> Something's wrong with these guys, and it's causing Clark to be angry and mad, and they're just going to get more angry and mad until something terrible happens. Nope. Nope. <laughs> they're, they're, they called Lana a bitch and a dirty slut, and that's pretty much all it takes to set Clark off. He's on the precipice of, uh, you know, if he goes over the edge... There could be problems And uh, Clark pays for going over the edge Luckily uh, He uh, It's discovered that this jerk Is uh, faking his injuries uh, So he doesn't end up paying so much And then of course We have Lex on the other side Who is uh, Very very close to Shooting this guy Much like he shot Roger Nixon Um, But uh, it's Helen uh, that keeps him from going over it, and um, and that uh, and then Lex pops the question. Did you did you like how uh, did you like how they creepily were playing um, uh, a like a, a indie rock version of "Don't Fear the Reaper" while Lex was proposing to Helen, like. Yeah, that wasn't romantic at all. They 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 they, they timed it. Um, it was you know he's like ta- he's saying some sweet stuff. He's like you know the thought of you mm-hmm. knowing that I killed him for this well, reason would be. But it's like, hey, I didn't kill this guy. You want to marry me? <laughs> well, I just took it as this uh, this relationship is doomed. <laughs> why, why do you think Lex is going to be happy? <laughs> it's not gonna it's not gonna happen. I did like the. Uh, oh, go ahead. It's, I was just saying, it's just a matter of time before this dissolves. I like how the editor timed it so as, as the ring box is opening, um, the people are. It's a band. It's a band called Gus. They're covering "Don't Fear the Reaper." They're, mm-hmm. They sing Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like as the <laughs> ring box is opening, I'm like, oh come on. Uh, <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, so we meet uh, our new sheriff. Did you like her? Oh, oh, okay. So this is what I have in my notes. Morgan, I hate this new sheriff. Mom, I think you're supposed to hate her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she is played by Camille Mitchell, who I don't know if you remember a few months ago we were watching an episode of I Zombie called Dirt Nap Time. And one of the teachers that uh, Liv was crawling around on the floor while Clive was trying oh. to do was uh, Mrs. Zielinski, and she was played by Camille Mitchell. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Sheriff Nancy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> I like her. She's 
a bit of an antagonist in this episode because she's constantly trying to arrest the wrong person. <laughs> but I love, I don't know, I love how how abrasive she is. She's, I, I, uh, I, I love the line, you're lying. You said you made a good cap- cappuccino. This is a <laughs> great <laughs> cappuccino. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Agent Cooper. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Did you notice who was Paul? Who Paul Hayden was? Yes, he is from Hell on Wheels. Anson yeah, yeah. Anson Mount. An, An, Mount. Yep. Who I'm yeah. used to seeing like in this dirty like goatee and the you know from the, yes um, Western look, but makes a great looking cowboy. He is now he's now the star of uh, Inhumans. Um, on oh AB- really? Yeah. So if you look at promo images of Inhumans, it's like oh man, this guy doesn't even look like he aged at all. <laughs> like as soon as you shave huh. all that crap off his face, he looks just like he does in this Smallville episode. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, okay, this first scene hmm. where Lana. Uh, these guys are drink are putting liquor in their coffee, and she kicks them out. Well, uh, Helen is there, and they have this awful conversation that I just makes me want to beat my head against the wall. Uh, I can't pick a good boyfriend either. <laughs> <laughs> so I put Lana and Helen magnificently failing the Bechdel test. <laughs> oh, that's a, uh, yeah, yeah. Although, you know, this was definitely a uh, uh, let's empower. Female empowerment episode. I mean, at least Lana gets empowered, you know. It's a little unrealistic. I'm sorry. It's the arrow treatment where you put somebody in front of a punching bag and then by the end of the episode, they're beating the crap out of somebody like they've been studying (laughs) for years, you know. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, the music cue for that that scene where she, like, turns it around on him, bends his finger back, and then does this, like, little roundhouse. And it's just just playing this, like, like, yeah, Lana. (laughs) Yeah, but I took it as all she needed was some self-confidence. And she handled it the rest or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I got a little bit... More trivia here for you in my book, page 89, in a reading of Smallville Season 2, The Official Companion, says, um, There is a lighter moment on the streets of Cloverdale, a.k.a. Smallville, when John Wash set up a shot of Clark seeing Andy Connors removing his neck brace inside the car. Mm -hmm. He recalls, we built up apple boxes for the actors to sit on, which would match the height of their seats in the SUV. We shot them doing their reference action on those apple boxes without any car around them at all. We didn't need the car. We just needed their activity to sell the x-ray effect. There was a crowd out wondering why these guys were just sitting on boxes pretending to be carousing in the middle of the street. <laughs> so I thought that was interesting. Uh um. Yeah. Oh, yeah. When Lex is trying to get Lana angry to get her going in the training sesh, like Kristen's still a little too delicate to sell that she's like, <laughs> I mean, she pulls it off yeah. kind of in the last scene. It's good choreography, but in that punching bag scene, it's like she's barely hitting the back. Well, what's so weird is Lex is not paying attention to his new fiance. Mm-hmm. But has time to spend with Lana to teach her self uh, defense. S- defense, that's yeah. the word I'm looking for, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Uh, I like that. Uh, oh, yeah. Another Sheriff Nancy scene. She's talking to Jonathan and Martha and Clark in the Kent home. And she's like, I'm going to have to arrest, you know, your kid for battery or whatever. And then she's like, oh, maybe community service. And oh, Jonathan's just outraged about the whole thing. It's like, dude, like, you're you're all about like Clark doing the right thing. For, you know, it's not like it's going to give away a secret. But I do like that she looks at the Kents and she goes, the go- those good old boy days are over. <laughs> such a Dukes of Hazard reference. Uh, I like that Helen has a nice promo of Lex Luthor uh, on her desk in the frame, like a nice promo shot of Lex Luthor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you got that off the Smallville website? <laughs> uh, so Clark is a little – I don't know. I mean, he gets he, – he's definitely very frustrated about this whole Andy situation and how it's going to, like, break his parents. And he, like, um, screwed things up. So, I don't know. Like, when Lex starts training Lana, he does that one training session, Clark is immediately, like, doing, like, like a well-actually Lana. Uh, <laughs> the first part of self-defense is avoiding conflict. He's telling her to not do this. Uh-huh. And uh, and so I was I was more on Lana's side during that, and I was really happy that at the end of the episode, um, it in the loft scene, um, Lana thinks Clark is going to say something about her, you know, defending herself, but he actually thanks her, and I was like, "Good for you, Clark. We're back." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, this episode is very much like Lana can save herself, and Lex ended up. I mean, he got the little bump on the train car to help him out of a tight situation. But besides that, like, he didn't need Clark's help to not kill this guy. This is so sad. Like, our hero is wandering around the train station while Lex is, like, confronting <laughs> this guy. Like, dude, use your x-ray vision. Like, you have x-ray vision. You can see through anything. Uh, I don't know. Anyway. Yeah, not a- maybe, maybe Clark needed some – maybe Tom – Needed some downtime or something. Yeah, maybe. maybe they needed a less, uh, you know, maybe he needed some days off. Yeah. We're going to shoot these several scenes of Michael Rosenbaum. But let's just shoot a couple of coverage scenes where Clark's just looking around blindly <laughs> in the train station. Uh, I don't think I have anything much else. I do like that sheriff. the sheriff does... Uh, have to keep saying throughout the episode, like, you're going to stay out of police business, Clark Kent. I want you to stay out of police business, Lex Luthor. <laughs> like, yeah, we get it, Sheriff. You're here to, you're, she's got this, like, biased opinion about how things are in Smallville. Just because Sheriff Ethan um, got corrupted, does, it, now it's, to her, it seems like the whole town is corrupt and this weird kid keeps showing up at crime scenes. Mm. I like that dynamic with her, though. That I mean, not her. Like she, like I don't know. I guess you'll see in episodes going forward. It's it's funny how this kid keeps showing up at crime scenes, and uh, she's the one that takes note of that. Okay. Anyway, that's all I have to say about this episode. The other great needle drop is Red Hot Chili Peppers. Don't forget me, which is uh, mm. when Paul is brooding in his hotel room. Oh yeah. Um, so, anything else about this? Oh, no. We did it. We, <laughs> we did, did it. And so <laughs> let me see if I can see if any there, there are any uh, 
Uh, Give me some good teasers. Good teasers. Um, for the next episodes. For the season two finale. Because, now see, I we've already been through what I thought the season finale would be. Rosetta? I thought the season... Yeah. Yeah, they were thinking I about thought, it. Oh, oh sorry. Okay. I keep cutting you off. You thought what? Well, it's just... I, I thought that he would find out a lot of information about his ship and about Krypton. Mm-hmm. Krypton. Krypton and Kryptonian, Kryptonite. And you start his, saying Krypton, his, I'm going to start calling you Brando. So, <laughs> and I, I just thought he would find out all that information in the finale. That the caves and the mm-hmm. the ship would be more of a what happened in season in the season finale. Yeah. Well, I mean, they were thinking about having Rosetta be like the season finale, um, but the. This this is kind of like Clark gets the information. Clark gets the information in that episode. And now the season finale is going to be what does he do with this information? What does this information lead him to do? Cuz it's not it's it's not interesting just cuz like Alan Miles were talking about it like, yeah, everybody knows he's from Krypton and his name is Kal-El. <laughs> like you're going to drop that in the season finale. Like, yeah, so what? <laughs> we know uh. that. What does he do with this yeah. information? And of course, the twist that the ship is telling him that he's he's here to rule over Earth. <laughs> right. Human beings are flawed, and he's here to rule. So that's pretty crazy. Um, let me see. I got some. Uh, we got Lionel coming back. Lionel, did you miss? Him? Oh yeah, where's Lionel been? <laughs> he has been elsewhere. Um, we might be dealing with some ghosts. <laughs> oh, what? Yeah. Uh, something that you've been maybe waiting to have happen finally happens. Uh, uh, oh my God. <laughs> Does Clark finally tell Lana how he feels about her and they finally get it on? <laughs> oh my God. Cause like I'm getting like, I'm getting, it's, yeah, you're getting frustrated. You two, you were, you were, you were coming across as that when you're, uh, te- texting yeah, I'm like tweeting. Clark, it's like there was a re Clark had reasons mm-hmm. Up until now, why he couldn't tell Lana? It's now it's getting sad. <laughs> Clark is looking like a chump now. It's time to do something. So he's is that Chloe in the mix, man. You know, it's like he doesn't want things to screw up this his friendship. You know, and I think that's that's one of the concerns. But also, you know, it's like he's got to get himself wound up to do any of this stuff, and he got himself wound up to do it, and then. Uh, fake Whitney showed up <laughs> and then we find out that Whitney died and it screws everything up again. Um, they've got to have another romantic moment together. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's time. It's time. Okay. And, and, uh, I will say, um, uh, a very famous actor will be guesting in a way. <laughs> uh, hmm. There is uh, there is one heck of a cliffhanger <laughs> we're coming to the end of season two is uh, it's a pretty pretty big cliffhanger one of the, one of their best season finales I think uh, oh well if it's better than you know the season one uh-huh. I thought season one was pretty good yeah I mean season one's finale was uh, like a Smallville episode and then things got really tense at the end. I think a lot mm-hmm. of this is like, we've got a lot of buildup of things that have happened. The things that Clark is learning, what, how does that affect it? The things that Lex is investigating, and 
all this stuff. And Lionel's going to be in the mix too. And yeah, we'll see. Um, hmm. I will say you have, well, a little bit of extra credit. Um, if you'd like, I'm going to post it in the group. Um, there is a thing that was uh, posted online and was also on the Smallville Season 2 DVD. Uh, it was called The Chloe Chronicles. <laughs> and Allison Mack filmed a bunch of shorts for AOL. And they posted it up on AOL. Remember them? Oh, <laughs> it's, how cute. And it's Chloe investigating <laughs> and having her own little adventure. I think the Aww. thing is probably like... Maybe a half hour total. It's it's in several parts. Um, it does uh, it does uh, it's connected to season one a bit, but it does take place during season two. Um, yeah, that's all I can say about it. Really, I'll post it up in the group, and uh, you know, if you want to talk about it, we can. I, I don't, okay. I don't think I've seen them in a long, long time. I can't even remember. Um, but, uh, so we have four episodes. Uh, oh, I forgot. We forgot to see what the episode of the week is. It's Rosetta, right? <laughs> oh yeah. Gosh. All right. So our final four episodes of season two are going to be witness. Do you want to predict anything? <laughs> witness. 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 Somebody can see things. Can I get a witness? Uh, accelerate. Accelerate. That sounds like a fire thing. Oh, like accelerant. Interesting. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Calling, like the band The Calling. <laughs> no. Uh huh. <laughs> and the season two finale is called Exodus. Ooh. Exodus, movement of ja people. <laughs> and the the Chloe Chronicles. If you want to watch those as well. Uh and yeah, can't wait to talk about season two finale with you and get into season three. Woo! Yay! Yeah, let's get on with it. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I'm so tired. I'm just zapped. Oh, it's okay. Uh, well, folks, we'll see you next time on. We don't want to wait. Bye. Bye.